If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Happening, friends. Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's episode 458. It's August 25th, 2020. I'm Ryan McCaffrey hosting with you as always. I'm joined by Plug Your Ears, Destin Legary. Bam! Hey, everybody. You kind of jumped the gun on me. We might have got your full intro, but <laughs> guerrilla style recording. Oh, yeah. We're doing the best we can. Miranda Sanchez, hello. Hello. I actually went to like plug my ears. I was like, wait, there's headphones <laughs> here. And I felt very silly about it. <laughs> Uh, is your cat around? Are we going to see your cat today? Oh, yeah. She's looking at me right now. If you're watching the video version, you can see one cat butt here, and she's oh, on yeah. the cat tree. The other one's just, like, looking at me deviously. She's been... Oh, here she is. She's been such an asshole recently, so <laughs> hopefully she's good during the show. Apologies. I know I'm not supposed to curse. We just had a whole conversation about that. You're the nice one on the show. There we go. <laughs> uh, our, I'm very pleased to welcome a special guest from the community, Lord Cognito from... The uh, Iron Lord, wait, it's the Iron Lords podcast. I've got that correct, right? Correct, correct. You got yes, it. Sir. Well, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Huge fan of you guys. Been watching for years. This is definitely uh, on the bucket list of, of, of achievements as a gamer. <laughs> so uh, this feels good to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, t- well, tell us a little bit about for those that don't, because you and I, if I, we met at E3 a couple of years ago, did we not? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we met. Yeah. That, that was my second E3. My first one, I believe, was 2015. But um, yeah, we met. You were so busy. I was just glad you, you know you had enough time to uh to stop and talk to me. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, I've been um podcasting. Obviously, Iron Law Podcast is, is is the gig. Um, every Sunday we we talk about the latest in gaming, and basically we try to do is celebrate the 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 people in the industry. You know, pretty, pretty much give them their roses while they can smell them. If you're a content creator, you know, we've had people in the media, you know, we've had various guests and it's always fun, you know, to have them on and also talk about the latest topics, kind of four childhood friends, you know, that um pretty much now get together every Sunday to talk about the industry. And then an extension of that is uh, lordsofgaming.net, which we just started our site, which is about a year ago. And uh, also Desti- Destin's here, so he knows I'm a big Destiny fan. 
So Iron uh, Lords, so look, yeah, of course. Yeah, and, and you know where that's inspired from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know the inspiration. So initially, we were just the Destiny podcast, but then we went multi-platform, talk about all the gaming, and then I have a, a I'm a co-host of a purely Destiny podcast, which is the last word. Fantastic. I have to say, uh, all the branding you have for your podcast is just fantastic. Like that is such a great logo. Thank you. We usually get some positive feedback from it. So much, much appreciated. Much appreciated. And then uh, we'll ask you again at the end of the show, but where can we, where can our, our listeners follow you on Twitter if they, because they're, they're going to fall in love with you during this podcast. That's the goal. So where can they follow you when, when the show's over? Absolutely. So I'm at Lord Cognito on Twitter and again, Iron Lord Podcast on Twitter as well. So Perfect. you can follow, follow me both there, but Lord Cognito. Excellent. Yeah, you came highly recommended. You know, I've been we've been trying to have some some uh, different creators, different black creators from the community on and, and really uh, try to be try to be uh, uh, better about that. And it's and you came highly recommended. People were like, you got to have Lord Cognito on. And, you know, I, I had remembered meeting you at E3. And it's like I remember him being a super nice guy. So I figured, uh, you know, it would be fun. It'd be fun to just bring you in and, and we'll talk some Xbox. You picked a good week. We've got plenty of stuff to talk about. So. Uh, first, actually, I want to start. You and I are actually the only two that have had the chance thus far to play Battletoads. I mean, here we are. This is another, another significant Xbox first party release in 2020. We were talking on last week's show about how busy the year has been for Microsoft first party for Xbox game studios. You know, they've, they've, and it's not just all filler. It's, we had Microsoft Flight Sim, a 10 out of 10 on IGN. We had Ori and the Will of the Wisps, a 9 on IGN and there've been some good games. Gears Tactics got an eight from us and did really well. So, and here we go with Battletoads. So I know you, we both played about the same amount so far, just like the first maybe half hour, hour of the game, first few missions. What are your thoughts on it so far? Yeah, for me, I come from that old school beat em up, you know, Streets of Rage, Ilk. So these kind of games do appeal to me. Um, I remember the original one being extremely difficult. <laughs> so um, that that kind of, I, I didn't get that feel initially from me. I felt this was more lighthearted, more, you know, more simpler. They, a lot of control, uh, practice things in the beginning, kind of give you a feel of the game. And then as I went on, um, Basically, it's kind of drop in, drop out, which I, which was interesting. And then I started the infamous speeder levels, as we did, we discussed earlier. <laughs> and uh, those were interesting. Those those were very, I will say, very challenging. My platforming in a three D space, and um, it, it went on a bit long, Ryan. I have to admit, it went on very long. So, you know, early impressions. I do feel the game is solid. If you're a fan of the genre, you're gonna love it. However, my personal beef with it is that. As a fan of that genre, I almost feel it's criminal sometimes, Ryan, that like, for example, Cuphead, when they yeah. don't have online co-op incorporated with that right. style of game. And I was just hoping, it's a shame that maybe, I don't know if it's a server issue or anything of that nature, that they could have had that. Because I think that could have really breathed a lot of life into it, being able to three-player co-op online Xbox Live kind of a deal. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I, I'm with you, too, that uh, that just, and it's just the first speeder bike level. It's like the third mission you play. It does drag on way too long. I'm playing it and going, okay, you know, I got a feel for this. It's like I see it, it gets a little tougher. And then it just kept going. I'm like, how long is this mission? And it, yeah, it dragged on a little long for my taste as well. But but I'm with you. I like it feels good. It's it's very faithful to those old school beat-em-ups, you know, the double dragons, the streets of rage, the original battle toads that you talked about. And I like that. Like I like it's got that like I could put a quarter, I wanted to put a quarter into the TV. Like that's uh, that's how that game feels. I love the art style. I love the exaggerated cartoon animations. Uh, it's 
it does play really well. I even like, you know, it's very self-aware. It makes jokes right away about how, uh, oh, look, it's been forever. And we've been like, it's it's very self-referential about how long stuff going on. And yeah. 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 So it's it's got, yeah, it's, it's a good good vibe to it so far. I definitely want to play more. I don't know. Yeah, you're right at the online co-op thing. That that hurts. But at least, you know, I the thing I will say I like as a single player game, not only can you switch on the fly to to the other two battle toads, but I like the way they work the single player uh sort of system in that if you die, it switches you to one of the other ones yes. and then the first one goes on a on a on a, on a respawn timer. So, you know, you can you can keep playing, you know, if you burn all three before one of them respawns, then mission over. So I, I like that. I like you've kind of got that sort of cycle, that loop going where you've got a second and a third chance that, that'll then reset in that window. So I thought that was pretty cool. I feel as a single player, it gives you the feeling that you have a three person team at your disposal. So I, I yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now, Miranda. You have been playing another game that uh, came very highly recommended from IGN.com, which you should visit. And that is called Spiritfarer, which I believe is on, it's in Game Pass, yes? Yes, yes, that's what, a big reason I wanted to talk about it. So we gave it a nine, which is you know very highly recommended from us. Um, and I, I've been waiting for this since last year we saw it at, on the Xbox showcase kind of stage. Uh, we actually got to go play it a little bit behind the scenes at E3. Uh, Back when we had conventions, <laughs> <laughs> and so it was. It's just very charming game about like the afterlife. Uh, you play a spirit bearer whose job is to go visit these kind of wandering spirits, help them feel fulfilled, and then help them pass on. And it is so pleasant, but it's not. It's like weird to say. This is a weird framing for it, but it's not soft. Like these characters curse and they have issues and they have a lot they want to talk about, and it's not necessarily just really. It's 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 lighthearted and good without being too like fluffy. I guess is what to say. It's just like I'm tr- I'm trying to describe this as like a stuffed animal, but with some sharp edges. And so it's it's like very up my alley. And like there's some like mild like resource simulation in it as well. But it never feels like it's too tedious. It's actually a really long game. It's like 35 hours. Oh wow! So yeah, yeah. I was really surprised. The characters are just written super well. It's a gorgeous game. So if you guys just need something that's a little bit more chill, uh, I would highly recommend that. And I've I've been having a great time with it. So after I finish this, that's I'm gonna go Battletoads next. But fantastic! Yeah. All right, quick pause here before let's see. We'll move on to our next topic, which is, uh, hey friends, we're we're at the end of August and there's no Xbox event. There's no what's. What's going on? I want to go Lord Cognito's way first because, like, you obviously you've been following along with everything Microsoft's been talking about uh, with regard to the the next event. The, is this going to be where Lockhart gets revealed? Sure, hope so because it already got revealed from the controller. So, kind of piggybacking off of that and the fact that obviously this event is not going to be in August. We're now into September. Which is fine, I guess, but we continue to wait for more information. How have you felt, and within your podcast community too, kind of what's what's your sense and and the sense that you get from your audience about how Microsoft's been doing and how they've how quiet they've been? Granted, Sony's been pretty quiet too, but what how you feeling? Yeah, I mean, this is a very interesting next gen. And I will say that 
in all my years, I'm a bit older. <laughs> so in all my years, I've never seen anything like this in the sense of this ultimate high stakes game of chicken and no one's willing to budge. So it shows that the stakes are high. And I think, you know, as far as Microsoft, how they were doing, I felt like initially out the out the, at the gate, like when we had the, the game awards, you know, the Hellblade, the system reveal, they are firing on all cylinders. And then the ultimate transparency as far as this is how the system looks. They, they're taking it to different um, venues, different outlets, teardowns. I mean, it what they were on fire. And at that point, our community was kind of like, well, hey, Sony, like what's going on? What are you guys doing? Because Microsoft is so transparent. Like, you know, what's the deal? So it, then I believe the shift started probably around the third party showcase because hey. even though I loved it. I'm gonna be honest with you, Ryan. I really, I really did like. I like yeah, Infinite. I like Score. Yeah. I liked a lot of these games, especially they were mature titles, which is kind of a little bit of my nitpick. But um, obviously, when they market it as gameplay, you know, and they don't deliver fully on that, I can, I can understand the criticism, even though I liked it, right? And then obviously we had the big showcase, and again, as a whole, I like the showcase. You know what I'm saying? But we all know Halo Infinite was synonymous with that showcase. And because it didn't necessarily show well graphically to the masses, again, selfishly, I liked it because I like the old school combat evolved aesthetic. I thought the gameplay looked cool. Yes, I did see the visual issues. I saw, you know, the open worldness and the popping and stuff like that. But I was still excited. But um, at the end of the day, I think because of the negative reaction, they really lost a lot of momentum. And now here we are. We don't know the fate of Halo Infinite. You know, that's a, a huge loss to the to the Series X launch. Um, at this point, we're happy that it got delayed because we we rather Halo be saved for quality and, and, and really push and make that the best. We know the importance of Halo. It's, it's so important. So at this point... Now it comes down to what's the play. It's is it Game Pass? Is it how are they going to market that? And they're in a tough position because at the end of the day, we still know Spider Man is there for for uh, Miles Morales is there for at launch for the PS Five. You know they may have another third party rumored you know exclusive, and they're buying up things. So th this is uh, I, in our community, we said this is a critical time for them to get the confidence back in the Xbox base. Whether in the short term, if they can do something, maybe a big third party with Game Pass, or in the long term, you know, maybe some type of studio signing or acquisition. Well said. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, boy, I couldn't agree more about how they just. You think back now, we were so, they we were so excited from the Game Awards up until May. Like they just they had a great six months there where they were they were just getting everything right, and it it is it feels like they've. It just been stepping on rakes ever since. Like they just take another <laughs> few steps, wham, ow, and then just take a few more steps, same thing. And here we are. Uh, so goes Halo, so goes the Xbox, it seems. And it's been rough waters, uh, uh, rough on the high seas for Halo. And and it's it's dragging the system down with it for the, at least in the short term, particularly as you said, there, as far as we know, there is nothing else new from first party at launch. That way, unless they're going to announce something real quick, right? I mean, it's there's uh, Gears Tactics will be coming to Xbox for the first time on Series which, X, which is a great game. I played it on PC. Yes. If you're turn based, it is a phenomenal game. I love that game. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, I, I agree. We gave it an eight, and I know Miranda. I think you played a bunch too. Uh, I got right up to the end before I, I actually didn't quite finish it because I 
I got tired of the mission repetition. There's uh, you do the same side mm. missions like over and over and over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I was like, you know what? Yeah. I, I got to the point where I could. I was like, I I thought it was done, and I'm like, oh no, you have to do like five more side <laughs> missions. Like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. I've played this about 25 hours, but it is really good. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. So to to the point of there not being any other big first parties that would seem really intentional to me because like if the focus would have been on halo as they were expecting right. like, you want to let that focus happen not let something get just brushed under the rug because everyone's just so focused on master chief over here like anything else it's like the spotlight is immediately off and you want to make sure that spotlight gets passed around right and so sure. it makes sense but i guess maybe a reason we could also not see that august event happening was because the halo delay like maybe that is a big, big part of it it's like Maybe they True. had something so focused around Halo, and like maybe that was how they built their presentation. Like, well, never mind. We have to. Uh, yeah. We do all these assets that had Halo in it. <laughs> yeah, so. maybe it was going to be a multiplayer reveal. Could have been any number of things. It's a, that's a yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I knew something was missing this month. I was just like, something is off, <laughs> and what am I forgetting? It was that. <laughs> so thank yeah. you for reminding me. That's like, <laughs> what was I waiting for? <laughs> well, uh, so I. Obviously, there will be something in September. We've got to get it. There's no way September is going to go by without the price and release date and the Lockhart. At there's, this point, Ryan, I, I, I like, I don't know. Man. <laughs> Look, I just got to say one last thing is that the stakes are so high, especially now with, without Halo Infinite, right? Because I think it is now imperative that they either match or price cut you know, just to, to have some attractiveness into the system. Again, I, I think where the issue comes down for me is that as the hardcore, I, all of us here, we're, we're going to buy the Series X, right? We're, we're that, yeah, we're that day one adopter. We're, we're going in. And I think the issue comes down to the, the generation that was lost from the, the 360 guy or girl that went to the PS4, where they have to look at the system now and say, what's the differentiator? Right. What's the what's the appeal to the appeal to make me go here? And I, I think at this point they have to double down on gay pass. They have to double down on value. And if they can somehow undercut with price in addition to like an Xbox all access program where you are now the ultimate value. You can walk out right now, $30 a month with all these games, and, and they, they've got to push it, man, because it, it will be – I think they'll be fine sales-wise for the hardcore, but it's like, you know, month two, month three, you know, what's next? And, and that that's my only concern. Yeah. Yeah, well said. And it's uh, – and, yeah, it's, it's going to be just really interesting to see. Halo has clearly – thrown a massive wrench into everything Microsoft was going to do. Yeah, they're reevaluating. Um, they have to. Yeah, somebody somebody sent me, I wish I could remember and give them credit uh, their name, but somebody on Twitter sent me, I think it was a, I believe a Monster Energy can that like had already gone out with the Halo Infinite branding, like because the marketing was already starting. So they they had sent, the, sent me the image and like, well, whoops, guess they didn't, you know. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's a it's a massive blow to have Halo miss the window, but again, Cognito, I mean, we're 100 with you that you got to get the game right. You can't ship a, a a a bad or even disappointing Halo would be much worse for for Halo and for the Xbox than a late Halo is. Absolutely. So, yeah, as we've said so many times, they really have to prove something with this Halo. So, <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, Speaking of proving things, it'll be interesting to see what 
what uh, Treyarch will be up to on a two-year dev cycle with Call of Duty. Uh, it's they're they're up this year with Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which has been confirmed. There's a there's a teaser for something that seems like it's happening in Warzone tomorrow. So uh, we obviously are re- we're recording here on Tuesday as we always do. So we'll talk more about Call of Duty next week. But yeah, really curious to see. Like I hope it has a campaign this year because Modern Warfare's campaign was excellent last year after Black Ops 4 didn't even have one. So we'll talk Call of Duty next week. Just want to say, in case you're listening to this on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're like, why aren't they talking about Call of Duty? Well, it's because it hasn't happened yet as of, as of our recording time. Unfortunately. Yeah. Act of really contract for, for Dansk. For Dansk. <laughs> uh, three, three hours ago, that's what they tweeted. They're teasing whatever they're doing tomorrow. Interesting. All right, Uh, Destin, you can mark that one. Gotham Knights finally announced as we get into the world of Xbox news proper for the week. Uh, Speaking of announcements that were a long time coming, Gotham Knights. So it's it's uh, it's not a Batman game. It is a friends of Batman game. Crop Gen. Yeah, Bat (laughs) Family. Exactly. Uh, Beyond it'll be on Xbox One as well as Series X. Sometime in 2021, it's described as an action RPG. Batman is dead. You play as either Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, or Red Hood in the aftermath of that as as, uh, Gotham goes wild, as word spreads that the Batman's dead. It supports two-player co-op online only, no local there, so the opposite of Battletoads. (laughs) It has RPG-style leveling for both you and for the bad guys on this, so... Uh, let me go actually Destin's way first on this. Destin, you play a lot of you play a lot of games that have floating oh, wow. damage indicators and a lot of thing, a lot of a lot of numbery, grindy <laughs> combat to them. So, you know, this game, we've been expecting a Court of Owls game from WB Montreal. We are getting one. It seemingly does not have Batman in it. How'd you feel about the reveal over the weekend? I'm stoked. The only character that didn't make sense to me was Red Hood, but I'm stoked for Batgirl, Nightwing, and Robin. Just the fact that Red Hood is running around with guns, I'm like, why is he teamed up with people who don't do that? <laughs> you know. But uh, I'm sure there's some explanation in the comics or something that I, I missed out on. But Red Hood's not the good guy, typically, yeah, in the Red stories Head. that I've read. Red Hood, yeah. Uh, Batgirl looks awesome, though. She looks really, really yes. cool. Probably going to be my main. Uh, Robin and Nightwing, also also really good. I really love it when uh, a combat designer uses Tomfas, which is what she's uh, utilizing in combat. Oh, man, it's just... I, I'm pretty stoked for it. I, I really like the idea of playing with a friend and like coordinating your takedowns. Uh, I My reaction was very positive to this game. Miranda, how about you? So as much as I love Batgirl, I really want to play Nightwing because I love Nightwing. One of my first loves, uh, just generally, Batman was one of my first loves as a kid. And I am so very excited for this. I don't like it when Batman's dead, but also I do like to get to have the time with the other, the rest of the Bat family, as we said. Uh, so it seemed pretty cool. I really do want to know more. I we, we did go into depth about our skepticism of like, oh man, I really hope they don't have a destiny like, you know, Marvelous <laughs> Avengers like here. We, we we don't want that shared world. Like, just right. give me a story with these characters and have co-op and just let, let us have a good time. And that's what this is, which is very exciting. So I'm hoping that this turns out to be what we're hoping for. But uh, it, it does look pretty promising so far. Cognito, how about you? 
It looked great. It looked great. I mean, I must admit, you know, as Destin knows as fans of Destiny, we like numbers on top of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we like damage in the case. So I'm a little worried for you, right? Actually, because I, I know you're, you know, single player experience and stuff like that. But um, I guess the, the thing for me, like I said, Bat Family, Batman supposed to be dead, you know, cool little twist story-wise, narratively. And um, I love the fight with Mr. Freeze. I thought that was pretty cool. And um, yeah, it, it looked good. Yeah, the free, exactly. <laughs> you know, freezing and stuff. So it, it looked cool. You know, the, the key is going to be, you know, the implementation with the two player, how seamless is, is it, and as well as the narrative. Because sometimes with co op games, I worry again with the narrative being cohesive and everything being fit in as opposed to it being tacked on. But like you said, it's a, it's an online only mode. So we'll see. But I think the early preview, it, it showed well. It looked promising. I'm with Miranda, Nightwing. You know, all day we're gonna have to get down with that, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 super excited. My only worry for for Ryan is is uh, when I heard leveling bosses scaling. So I don't know about how you yeah. feel. So I'm gonna throw it back to you. I don't know how you feel about. Yeah, that. thank you. I I have to say, like, I'm gonna be honest. I I mean, I try to be. I want to be optimistic and celebrate games, but I I was underwhelmed by it. I wouldn't say I I didn't dislike it, but I wanted to be more excited than I was, and I think. There's a couple reasons for that, and you're hitting on one of them. Uh, but the sort of reason A is that this isn't a Batman game. And like Miranda, Batman's always been my favorite superhero by a mile. Uh, I watched the Adam West Batmans on reruns on Nick at Night when I was a kid. Aww. Yes. Uh, and then when, when Tim Burton's movie came out in 1989, I, I was eight, about to turn nine. And that movie, like changed my kid life. I was obsessed <laughs> with that movie. I wore out the VHS tape. I loved it. It was this dark, gritty take on this guy who's just, and I think, you know, I think by psychologically, if I, if I want to just lay down on the therapist's couch for a second, I think maybe I always loved Batman because I was always like the skinny, short, small kid. And so I always <laughs> felt physically inferior and Batman, like the idea of being this rich guy who just, this normal guy who just puts on a costume and just scares the crap and intimidates all the bad people. I, I maybe psychologically, I always connected with that, but I always love Batman. I love the Arkham series. And uh, the fact of the matter is with between Gotham Knights and suicide squad, which we'll talk about next, Batman's gone. There's no Batman. And I want a Batman game. I think, I mean, the, the combat for Gotham Knights clearly is influenced by the Arkham games. Um, but the detective elements are nowhere to be seen. And I'm not sure they're going to be in this game. And I love the detective and stealth elements of the Arkham games. So, I, I mean, part of me wonders, see, I, I got to preface this. I haven't read court of owls. And I know your people are out there going to be like, you that's say you love Batman and you haven't read court of owls. You're not really a fan. And that's fine. But <laughs> if you want to say that to me, but, um, I'm wondering if Batman's going to come back like at some point in the game and you'll suddenly be playing as Batman and that'll be a big surprise and like a, a big moment in that game, which would be sweet. And I don't know, maybe it's going to happen. Maybe it won't. But um, like in the last you know, Arkham game, when it was revealed that Red Hood was bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I know I'm, I'm talking too long here, but to, to get back to Cognito's point that he teed me up for. Yeah, I realized that part of what didn't sit right with me during that reveal was when the the, the damage indicators started appearing above people's heads. Mm -hmm. I hate that. 
Uh, and I know it's just a UI thing. Every game does it behind the scenes. It's just a matter of whether they're showing it to you or not. I hate it shown to me, and hopefully it'll be you can turn it off in the UI. Uh, but I think part of the reason I get triggered that it that hate that I hate that is because games that do that tend to be grindy games. Mm-hmm. And I just I respect, I know like you guys are huge Destiny fans, and that that part of the game is very much appeals to you and you love that. I am just a player where I'm old enough now and I my gaming time is limited enough now. I just and again I it's I respect anybody else, but for me, I don't have time for grinding. <laughs> it's not fun for me. Okay. So, so I, like I truly had Miranda. Yeah. Miranda. Yeah, so, so quickly, sorry. Yeah, to your point about grinding, I think sometimes games like that, so like, for, for instance, Persona is huge on grinding, but that's a single-player experience, different from the kind of Destiny-style grinding, which I think is very separated from this, if we're looking at perspective-wise. Right. Um, I think you'd want to look at something like Persona, which can be a lot and can be very heavy, but usually there's like a difficulty setting that can be altered so that grinding isn't really as important. However, I will say that's not necessarily always the most fun option because then you're sacrificing like that challenge that you wanted just so you don't have to grind, which is, sorry, my cat's here, um, <laughs> which is a bit of a bummer. So hopefully that there there's something there. It's more so to show you like if, if one of the characters is specializing in like critical damage or something and there's like a skill tree that they really want to show you like popping off there, which I like. I love doing like building for crit. Uh, I think that could be really cool. And also just to like backtrack just a tiny bit, uh, I really do hope they also have some more interesting kind of detective work as well, because I think that's a big part of Batman that we seem to all enjoy. So, Justin, you were wanting to jump in there too. I I truly think this is going to be absolutely accessible for a player like you, Ryan. I I think that damage numbers are for people who want to dive deep. I don't think this is going to be like Destiny at all. I think it's going to be more like, I think it's going to be more like the Arkham Knight series where like, it's just easier for people to play together. You can kind of do whatever you want. And then if you want to get stupid powerful and play at a higher level, that will be there as an option. And that's why the scaling is in place, right? It, It really seems like, hey, if you want to get power crazy, it means things are going to be more challenging. But if you just want to play for the story for players like you, Ryan, like yeah. I, I think that's going to be available to you that based on yeah. what they've shown us. To, to your point. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I see what you're saying, Dustin. I, the only concern I have for, for Ryan is just that I know how he feels about the investigative a- aspect. And I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I hope I'm, we're proven wrong. And like I said, we just got a vertical slice and there, there are those aspects there. But I don't know, you know, how it would be implemented in a co-op fashion. And maybe they do something really cool and innovative to kind of keep that. Because I do feel that is part of the Arkham series. And, and I hope so, that you can get that. Gears is I will co-op say that, and they do the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's like a lot of great examples of co-op games executing well on like mysteries or puzzles. And I think there's a lot of ways they can integrate that and build it in, in a super fun way. And I think that's probably part of the intention, right? Because if this is built with co-op in mind, which I think they've made that pretty clear by you yeah. always having uh, people around, then I think there's going to be some, it's going to lend itself well to those sorts of experiences. Yeah. But uh, it makes sense that they probably haven't just shown it yet. Because, yeah, that's you know, all. Hopefully he just gets yeah. his visual relief that it yeah. exists <laughs> and then he'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> and to, to put a bow on this uh, before we move to Suicide Squad. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that this that Gotham Knights is grindy. It's just between the character leveling, the 
enemy leveling and the damage indicators that it just set off the the, the caution flag from you like uh oh is this game gonna be grindy so it's uh the good news is there is the court of owls narrative there they do clearly seem to be focusing on a on story which makes me very happy so we'll see we'll see this uh we're gonna see a lot more about this game next year before it releases on both xbox one and series x all right, Suicide Squad being, of course, the other big reveal game-wise from DC Fandom over the weekend. D- Suicide Squad killed the Justice League from Rocksteady. A 2022 release, Series X only, and PS5 and PC, but uh, yeah, no current gen, no Xbox One for this one. One to four players. You can play by yourself or you can get four people playing uh, in co-op. Harley Quinn, King Shark, Captain Boomerang, and Deadshot. And a quote from Rocksteady from Sefton Hill. This is a continuation of the Arkhamverse. So a lot of threads and storylines you're going to see come to fruition in this game. Cognito, I'll go to your your way first for reactions to this long-anticipated announcement from Rocksteady. I mean, this is definitely, we've waited a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I love the premise. The premise is so cool. You know, obviously take down the Justice League, take down Superman, that kind of stuff. You know, I, I struggle with this particular showing only because it's such a cinematic trailer. You still don't get an idea of what actually is happening here. So we, we do have the idea. It is a shooter, like you said, four player, you know, cooperative. I, I just need to know more about the game. I, I don't feel I left with any particular answers or, or you know, what what's happening. And sometimes that's the risk I feel sometimes the companies do when, you know, sometimes the game is far out or Again, you just get this cinematic trailer, and sometimes you like. I know it's farther out, but you just wish you had some idea of what the the gameplay mechanics are. So I, I love the premise. Just want to know what what's actually the gameplay. Miranda, how'd you feel about this reveal after five years of silence from Rocksteady? Exactly the same as Cognito. It's like, well, that was, I, I really did like the tone of the cinematic. I think it was a lot of fun, and that's promising. I think they really nailed that sort like brand of comedy that we would want to see from uh suicide squad but other than that just like oh okay i guess we will see more later good to know yeah. it's like confirmed and exists the uh I, a lot a, a, a shared sentiment i saw from xbox fans on my timeline on twitter a lot of people getting sunset overdrive vibes from the tone of mm. the game and also the the color palette of it as well it's definitely a brighter game uh, seemingly than than the arkham games were destin how'd you uh how'd you feel about the suicide squad reveal i wanted some more logos on twitter man for, just go another year <laughs> no uh like a cg trailer okay i'll say this so let's start positive i love the character selection i really really yeah. like the characters that are available i'm captain boomerang all the way he's just like the joke character and it's just great to see him in there. I also really like Deadshot, uh, King Shark, and, you know, who's cast him and everything. I just love their chemistry together as a team, right? Uh, I love that you're chasing after these overpowered heroes, and you're going to have to yeah. figure out a way to defeat them, sort of like in The Boys, which is the show we were talking about off the air, right? Like, that whole premise is really, really fun. But we don't have any indication of what the gameplay is going to be like. So tone-wise, okay, we get it. I, I really thought we would see screenshots at the very least of what the gameplay mechanics are going to be like. Like, is this going to be like uh, the Gotham game we were just discussing? Or is it going to be something totally unique? Is it 
the the whole four player thing is this going to be like marvel's avengers there were a lot of people saying okay four player co-op is this going to be like avengers which a lot of people are concerned about right now so there's there's so many questions about it uh overall i'm trying to stay optimistic about it uh like the tone i need to see some gameplay at this point never do the logo thing again also (laughs) that was sarcasm (laughs) yeah yeah that uh I think that's where, again, I was a bit underwhelmed by the reveal. It's, and again, I'm, I've reserved the right. I still hope to be very excited about this game at some point, but for a reveal after five years and the fact that, so it's not only it's been five years, but that it's two years away and we still only got a CG teaser, no gameplay, very little details. Um, that's That's a little... You know, that was a little frustrating. I mean, I get, of course, if the alternative is showing early in in progress, in development gameplay, that's not going to be impressive. And is the Internet's going to take it and and rip it apart? Well, you don't want that, obviously. So I completely understand where they're coming from. But yeah, it's uh, it is a little bit of a shame that that there we didn't see more of this. Um, but yeah, it's two years out. We'll see. It's it's mixing third-person gunplay with third-person melee but it does seem like i believe sefton said it so it didn't seem like it's going to be a game as a service it's not going to be like an avengers or a destiny for those like me who were who were not wanting that kind of thing to happen i, <laughs> I really want i really want damage numbers though i hope they have oh my goodness but yeah, I mean, I, I will say I'm I am energized by the fact that it's not bothering with the PS4 or the Xbox One that this thing is built for these higher end machines. Uh, that leads me to believe that hopefully we're going to get a more, you know, detailed, fleshed out world and and just a better game out of it. That ma- that part makes me happy. Uh, next up, let's see here. We've we've got a little bit. We've still got some time left. Uh, a game. That came out of nowhere. You know, speaking of next-gen game reveals, I actually want to go uh, Miranda's way first on this. Black Myth Wukong came out of nowhere last week and just took the gaming community by storm. It is, uh, it looks stunning. It, they showed a 13-minute demo that included some cutscenes, some CG cutscenes, but then a huge chunk of actual gameplay built on Unreal Engine, coming out of China uh, from some ex-Tencent developers. And Miranda, this game, to me, it was a, it was more of a wow factor. It had more, it was a better next-gen showing than <laughs> anything Microsoft or Shoney, Sony have revealed so far. Yeah, absolutely. It looks very cool. Uh, so Wukong, I like very much this character, the Monkey King, because he's pretty much present in every MOBA. <laughs> so <laughs> Monkey King is like a character in Dota that I played. And so getting to see some of those like standard Monkey King attacks and just like the, like, of course, like the soldiers that come out, uh, it just, it's all very familiar to me. So it's kind of cool to see that expanding, of course, within the actual mythology of it and fo- following that full lore into this really beautiful gameplay demo we got to see. Uh, I also want to follow up with like a new story that came out after it, it just sort of blew up. Uh, the developers responded to the popularity of the tra- trailer in such a humble way. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I know you saw it too. It's just so, it's so, just so humble. Sweet. Yeah. It was so cool. So cool uh, to see. So this was uh, translated and they said, uh, 
I'm quoting from our story, he adds that the team has been happy with the explosive popularity of the trailer, but makes clear that they won't let it get to their heads and even ask viewers to forget the footage as it doesn't represent their best work and wow. goes into all the issues with that trailer had. <laughs> which, of course, everyone's over here, like, losing their minds, like, wow, this looks so cool. This looks great. The systems, like, the gameplay mechanics look fantastic. And then he's like, wait, 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 please, 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 please. <laughs> not the final version please don't be too impressed because we have we have a lot of work to do on this it's like Whoa! it's not <laughs> even so the, cool. it's not even the newest unreal engine right miranda it's not correct yeah yeah just, yeah they made it on sick. four just like what are you what are y'all doing that's that's crazy but but of course there's uh there's a lot of things up in the air as far as like when is this even going to come out? And we don't know which services it's going to be on. But I think they said that they were aiming for mainstream consoles and PC with no release date, really. But we don't really know what this is going to change to. So uh, very exciting. A lot of potential yep. here. They're still uh, they're still hiring. They've got they said they're staffing up quite a bit. I think they said there are 40 about 40 people on staff and they want to hire 20 more, if I'm remembering nice. correctly on that. So they uh, this was probably the most convincing recruiting pitch of all time <laughs> released an amazing 13 minute gameplay trailer uh cognito your reaction to this uh what i think is fair to call probably a souls like game yeah yeah absolutely i mean wow right this thing broke the internet i mean i saw the trailer i could not believe that was not next gen and i think you said it perfectly like I have to be honest, like, you know, I'm excited about the next gen consoles. Every We know the power. We know what is going to happen in the future. But I felt to this point, until Black Myth, I didn't see anything that knocked my socks off. And this was the first time I'm like, you could have lied to me and told me this was next gen. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I see the velocity architecture. I see the, the SSD. You could have fooled me. I mean, this thing looked phenomenal so salute it was a game science team i believe and like miranda said so humble like they're, they're putting out inconsistencies in the game and you know we apologize for the frame right here and i'm like this thing looks amazing i mean we, we talked about it in our community I, I mean i was completely blown away the, the the sheer scale of certain scenes and the boss fights and transforming from an insect to this and there was one scene he's on a cloud and there's another scene he's fighting like these celestial beings and i'm just like the sheer scope of this, and again, I believe it's that, you know, the Chinese mythology uh, with the uh, journey to the West, and man, all I will say is, Phil, we need to get on the phone, man. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, man, if, if anybody, if they need assistance, this is the type of studio, man, that you would, uh, it, it, it would be nice to game, or just even as a timed exclusive, if they could, these are the type of games that I feel like I, I want to see Xbox kind of get behind those single player experiences. I feel that Sony does so well. And I, I actually put a little fun tweet out on Twitter, you know, like, hey, Phil, back the truck of, hey, paging game science. Got, <laughs> got a little traction, but all jokes aside, we just wanted to come out. You know, I, I think they said it's it's coming to major consoles as well as cloud streaming, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, hopefully they continue to work on it. This thing actually sees a lot of day, but salute to those guys. That was absolutely amazing. The I moment. mean, Sony, Sony's got Bloodborne, so why not? Microsoft. It's true. They said it's yeah. a series. They said this is going to be like a first in a series for them. This thing has 
a foundation. I'm sorry, Destin. Continue, continue. I'm just yeah, too just, excited. It was just a small thing, but the moment that sold me is when he beat the the character with a flaming bow staff, and the bow staff went flying in there and landed perfectly next to him. I'm just like, okay, so so many things happened there. A, it landed perfectly. It didn't collide with anything. It wasn't weird. Uh, B, you get the loot from your opponents. Like that was really intriguing to me, and it was a really really tough fight involving pairing and everything. I was just like, oh, I'm in, and that was like early on in the demo, so it just <laughs> ramped up from there. I think I'm I'm just especially to know a little bit more about Monkey King too because obviously as I said before it's it's he's present in like every MOBA but you you get that MOBA's iteration of Monkey King and so getting to learn more about the lore of that would is, it'd be really exciting. I do want to note the only other like really next gen, next gen game I've seen presented so far is probably Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, that on one that. I, I think also really showed super well as far as like just the colors and like the yeah. activity in that world. And so between those two, I think. It's a, it's a promising future for us. Yeah, and we're going to see Ratchet and Clank. I know we're on an Xbox podcast, but that's it. Sure. Uh, Games, Gamescom Live coming up later this week, so watch that on IGN. All right, on to the loot box. This is a fun one. Kevin Kiesel, whose gamer tag is Narsil Falcon, uh, writes in and says, I'm a big Halo fan, and I'm disappointed that Halo Infinite has been delayed. Although I'm happy it will get more dev time, I'm getting frustrated with 343's inability to make an all-around great Halo game. And with this delay, I have to now look at how 343 is being managed. They've had the Halo franchise for nearly as long as Bungie did at this point, with only two good games compared to Bungie's five great games. Does the Unlock crew think that Microsoft needs to step in and hand off Halo to a new team? And why do you think 343 is having so many issues with the franchise when a developer like The Coalition was able to take gears and continue to make it better, in my opinion, in both gameplay and graphics? So a lot to chew on there. We've got a few minutes uh Destin I want to go your way first to react to this yeah it's kind of yeah it's kind of funny that Kevin brings this stuff up because I've been thinking a lot about sort of like 343 what they've done with it I remember when Halo 4 came out and what they were able to achieve technically uh, it was stunning on the 360 that was a yeah it was a 360 game and I still can't believe that they managed to pull that off it told a a really compelling story I I, I like the character arc and then we all know we've talked about how we feel about 5 and and now we're to infinite and it's just it almost seems like a regression, and I, I don't think that we have a full understanding of what the scope of Halo Infinite's going to be. So I'm going to save final judgment now that it's back in the cooker, but I got to agree. I, I'm concerned about whatever's going on at 343. I don't know why they're having these sort of issues, you know? It's almost like they change their vision with every iteration. It just seems like it's alternating too much. I, I I, I don't have a good answer for it. I, I'm not in the weeds there, but I, I can understand where Kevin is coming from with this concern. And I, I just, I want to see 343 come out and kick ass. And Well, I know uh, we can't attribute yeah. anything to one person on a huge team effort, but Corrine Yu, who is an extremely well-regarded, talented programmer, was at 343 for Halo 4 and then left for Naughty Dog. So... You know, I don't know what her as far as Halo Four being so technically impressive. I don't know how much of that it, it might be attributable to her. But yeah. yeah, that you're right. That it's when you think. I remember thinking back. Now that you mentioned it, it's like yeah, that game looked. That game looks so good that when they put it in Master Chief Collection two years later on the Xbox One, <laughs> yeah. 
it still looked it looked like an Xbox One game. Yep, that's how good that game looked. Uh, Cognito, a lot a lot to chew on from Kevin here about three four three and and the state of Halo. Yeah, man, this this is tough because um, you know I'm I'm obviously Destiny fan. I'm a bungee guy, but I've always been sympathetic to three four three in the sense that I've always felt that they inherited this child. Right, this was not their initial creation and, and the, the expectation that was set, you know, for this franchise is so high. And, you know, for me, it's been uneven. It's been, you know, we've had the Master Chief collection. We, we don't want to go and revisit that, you know, but we've had, you know, Halo 4 with like Destiny saying an amazing campaign, but not necessarily regarded with the strongest multiplayer. Then we had Halo 5, which the multiplayer is amazing, but not necessarily regarded with the greatest single player. So, the, 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 where I have the disconnect is with the infinite reveal, because, again, even though I selfishly didn't mind it, you know, you know, I do feel that how with how ambitious it was, if they got that kind of reception, I, I am concerned with I don't want to say anyone's leadership or anything like that, but I, I am concerned with the direction. I am concerned that who's making the decision process because it seems a little disjointed and this is so important you know we, we've got so much you know length of development time that's been invested now we're hearing rumblings of possibly i don't know dropping the the xbox base version there's so many things going on right now and and right now, listen we just want halo to be good i am willing to give them the benefit of the doubt for halo infinite and take as much time as you need let it cook but it has to be great and it's almost like you have to grade grade them as, as if it doesn't if this one's not successful then i think yeah we may have to question you know who the reins go to or so on and so forth but i'm pulling for them to knock it out the park you know halo's super important i i thought it was bold for them to delay it because i didn't i thought that thing was hella high water coming you know with the launch you know every time we hurl it infinite infinite it was synonymous series x and I, the last point i'll make ryan is that where it disappointed is that because the marketing was so tied to series x the performance the power of the machine you know everybody wants to see these things and where they kind of lost me and i think you said this in the past a lot was how was ray tracing a key feature not going to be there right so when you start to hear that that's when a little red flag goes up for me and I, like i said i just hope they get it right and they get this direction down because this thing needs to be great miranda you're a big halo fan as well yeah so i think justin kind of hit the nail on the head for me when he said that there seems like a, a shifting vision and that seems to be hurting them a lot and cognito you touched on it too but it's like how was ray tracing a miss there like who who said, hey, this is going to be a launch title for Series X. And obviously, ray tracing is such a huge visible feature for people who don't necessarily always have to understand the tech specs to know that ray tracing is like kind of key for next gen. Ray tracing, load times, of course, you want frame rate, better graphics like that. It is all synonymous with next gen. How do you not have that ready for Master Chief? Uh, and so I don't as everyone has already noted too, like we don't know what goes on behind the scenes at three or four three. Like we don't know what sort of you know, people are involved maybe even beyond them in saying you need to be doing this or like we need to be doing all these these different projects, but they really do need to nail it. And it is a bit of a bummer to see that they missed the mark so hard on that. Uh, I don't necessarily think that you need to, 
I mean, I, I guess I can't really say that I'm in position to say whether or not they need to completely shake up their leadership or whatever needs to happen. Uh, it's hard to really know what's going on without having a deep dive of like, hey, what did happen? What did happen with the Halo 5 campaign? Because obviously there's a big shift there. Like the first reveal of it is so different from what we actually got from that game. And so you, you see those sort of things happen and you have to wonder what is going on. But I'm hoping that with the time that they've had for Halo Infinite and the time that they're giving it, still i mean obviously uh covid's kind of changed the world as far as production and just everything else goes so like maybe some of these features were scrapped due to time because it was planned we know retracing was planned to come later maybe they just thought oh well we can still launch it with series x because as as Cognito said it's it's synonymous like we kind of got to do this and so they're like okay well we can we can put that out later like it'll be fine and then they get the feedback that it's not fine so i think that could be a part of something we do need to consider but also given how much we've seen of Infinite and that they're obviously trying to do kind of a revisioning of Halo, like that spiritual reboot, right? They, that's, that's a huge undertaking. And obviously that's going to take time. And so I think there, there's just so much at play here that we, I know we all really just want to see it work out well. And I agree that there's probably some things that just need to be evaluated as far as like priorities, but Again, it is so hard to say exactly what's going on without having that insight to the studio and what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think Cognito said everything I wanted to say, but I guess I'll address in Kevin's Kevin's loot box question. I'll say, I'll say more definitively. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I'm not making the decisions at Microsoft, obviously, <clears throat> but I think Cognito laid out the case of four, five, Master Chief Collection. If Infinite, especially after Microsoft put the, I mean, really put the trust in them to say, you know what, we're going to give you the time and the resources because it's going to cost a hell of a lot more money at this point too. If this game's not out for another year, that's a lot more money. You're paying hundreds of people another year's salary and benefits, uh, not to mention all the money that they're going to be losing on <laughs> like the Monster Energy drinks that they already paid for. <laughs> so I, I think, yeah, I think it's fair to say just in a results-oriented business world, heads probably will roll at 343 at a, at a, you know, at some, I don't know what leadership levels, how far up or down that would go. But I think it's fair to say that, yeah, changes will be coming probably if if Infinite does not deliver at the end of the day. So, I, you know, I, all we, so we're saying we want, we want Infinite to deliver. We don't want to see any anybody's heads roll nobody wants that but at the end right. of the day this is microsoft's golden goose it has been and the thing i wanted to uh, say from the the one one big reason i chose kevin's loot box question this week is because he said something that i just it just it stopped me cold as i was reading his email because i never thought about this until he wrote it and that is kevin said 343 has had the Halo franchise nearly as long as Bungie did at this point. And I just, that never clicked with me until he wrote it down. And it's, he's, he's right. I mean, right. it's right. been about, it. it's almost 50 50 now. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, I mean, granted, Bungie worked on Halo prior to 2001, but okay, 2001, Halo 1 comes out. 2010, Reach comes out, their final game in the franchise. And then same thing, 343 started on Halo 4 prior to 2012. Technically, 343's first release was Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary 
in 2011, which they worked on with Saber Interactive. So, but anyway, so roughly let's call it 2011 to 2020 and, and obviously infinite won't be out till 2021. So yeah, it is, it's about a decade a piece and yeah, it's like they've, they've almost had it longer than Bungie. It won't be too much longer. And the results Cognito said, said it great. Like there just hasn't been that all around great halo game. They have not been able to put all the pieces together in one package. And so, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's it's reasonable to expect that that changes will come at that team in a major way. Uh, again, who knows how far up or down the ladder there that would go. But if you're Matt Booty, if you're Phil Spencer, and Infinite doesn't deliver, which again, we all want it to deliver. We want nothing more for than it than for it to deliver. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully, this will all be a moot discussion. Yeah, and Halo Infinite will come out and be a ten out of ten game, and they'll have fulfilled their vision and fulfilled their uh their the, the technical promise i don't care if, frank quite frankly I, was, I don't care if they drop xbox one support i know mm. it's a huge part of their strategy to, Ooh, to transition people but yeah i mean i i know it's phil called the whole it won't hold net old gen won't hold new gen back thing a, a meme i i'm 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 not on board with that anymore. I'm not. Uh, I mean, I respect the hell out of Phil, and and again, he may. It's it's his. It's their business strategy to to try to transition that, but it's just I've heard from enough developers. I don't know if these Halo Infinite rumors of the Xbox One version causing a lot of problems with the the technical vision of the game. I don't know if those are true, but it's. I've seen enough. I've heard enough where I, I think I, I'm no longer on board with the like, I, I do think there there is clearly a or there are issues with trying to to develop for both. And I would rather just see the full power of the 12 teraflop machine in action without having to worry about the 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 one point eight teraflop machine. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so- I, just I feel one last thing, Destin, Sorry. real quick. I just want to, yeah, one last point on this. I, I would be sh- shocked if uh, Xbox One support, if that rumor is true, I would be shocked if if they did drop support for the Xbox One, even Ooh. if they push it way out, because I feel like they've painted themselves into a corner on that. But I would applaud the heck out of them if they did. And they if they just came out and said, you know what? To fulfill the full vision of this game we need the full power of the series x without having to uh we we know we we can't do it the way we want it on the on the old console i would applaud them they would of course take unending amounts of shit online but they they they're gonna take that and they're gonna get that anyway they've already delayed the game i mean they, they've already proven that they have the the stones to do what's best for the franchise and the game so yeah i'm uh i'm yeah i'm Give me just give me all the new gen only. I don't I, I I think it was telling that so many of the the big the big games from this the showcase did did not mention Xbox One at the bottom the of the part, screen. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the part, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Destin, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I was just sort of looking into this and pop quiz. Who wrote Halo One, Ryan? You probably know off the top of your head. Joseph Staten. Who wrote Halo Two? Also Joseph. Three. Also Joseph. Reach. <laughs> 
I don't know if he wrote that or if Marcus wrote it because Joseph was on ODST, I think. He was invo- he was involved with the writing. He was involved. Ha- Halo okay. 4 was Christopher Schleif, I believe is how you say his last name, and Halo 5 was Brian Reed. They can't even have consistent lead writers between two entries in the franchise, and I think well, that's probably partially to account for the disjointed nature of it. Like... I mean, the fact that you have one person sort of crafting the world and everything when when Staten was running it uh, yeah. does a lot to have that sort of cohesive narrative storytelling. And uh, I mean, that's one aspect of it. How many other shufflings have happened at 343 just to sort of... Uh, I, I really want to dive into this more. Like, what is yeah, going I mean, on at 343? Is, is we've there seen, more there? We've seen the... There have been uh, a, a couple of project lead project lead changes just on infinite right I mean, we've we've seen that uh kevin luongo uh left and i uh, believe it was it was mary olson i think was was uh also i think they've had a couple of people go and i mean that happens on a project but you're right destin that definitely can when at the at sort of the sort of director level that can have an effect I will but. say also that the writer doesn't necessarily dictate the entirety of the story, right? True. Uh, because like there are a lot of changes that have to be made to be fitting for the game itself and the gameplay and like a certain key points that they want to hit. So while, yes, the writer does dictate parts of the story, they're not the sole person who directs Abs- that. Absolutely. The point I, might, more, I was more trying to make is that there was a consistent team working on Halo right. 1, 2, 3, and Reach. Yeah. And yeah. 343 has been sort of all over in terms of so, who's working on what. Yeah, and, and Kevin Kevin brought up the coalition as being just done such a fantastic job with Gears, which I totally agree with. And to that point of consistency, they have had Tom Bissell on both uh, four and five and just and their, their narrative team. Rod, yeah. yeah, have Rod. Rod they had Rod, like their Rod. narrative team is just fantastic. Like yeah. that whole group, I think, just has a very unified focus on them what they want to do. Right. Um and also, granted, I have spent more time with the Coalition team, like, as far as, like, Friday First and other stuff, so I, like, know who they are, whereas right. with 343, I don't necessarily have that same exposure, right. so it's hard to say, but just even just going off of the people who have been working on this, it's, it's different. It's, it's definitely a meaty topic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This, this is spicy. <laughs> this is spicy. Uh, to, to Ryan's point, I, I really feel you. I, I think everything you said... You know, it, it comes from the heart. I mean, selfishly as a gamer, you you want the highest fidelity, right? You want to showcase your system. And and I, I absolutely feel you. Selfishly, that's what I would love as well. And my my concern is you made a good point about the backlash, right? But the reason why I'm even more concerned about it is because I felt the marketing was so tied into cross-generation. This is what we're doing, right? We're we're not leaving anyone behind. Sure. And, and, you know, that would be a, a, a huge step back for them to do. It. And would they, like you said, have the stones to say, hey, because of this title and maybe the technical issues that we're having on the base level, on the lowest common denominator, right? Are we willing to make that sacrifice to make the ease of development? And that that's a huge part of their whole message versus PlayStation. Because PlayStation is like, hey, the generations start here. This is, we want you in here, that kind of thing. And again, selfishly, I'm for it. You know, I'm with you. I just want to know if they would kind of backtrack on that because that would definitely be an about phase from the marketing to this point 
of how they've addressed the series X, how they brought it to the table, so to speak. Well, I do. I think I think it makes sense for some games that right. you could easily go ahead and do an Xbox One version, but it's just not a it's not a one size fits all solution. And and for Halo, it might not work. Might not be, yeah. And so they wouldn't necessarily have to walk back the whole thing, but right. just say, hey, for Halo, we want the best, most you know, next generation experience for, you know, Infinite's supposed to be the platform for the next right. 10 years of Halo. Right. So, you know, maybe for, for Halo, it's it's not the best move. We shall yeah. see. We shall see. All right. Uh, we've got just a few minutes left in the podcast. It is Unlock Block Trivia Time. I this is I love when we have our guest panelists like Lord Cognito here to test your Xbox trivia. Now, at the top of the show, Mr. Cognito, you you proclaimed yourself an older gamer. So uh, this is a true test of that old school gamer knowledge. Now, I want to go on the record here. This is a question about official Xbox magazines, game discs, which I worked on most of. I did not get this question right when I when I like slowly scrolled without revealing the answer here so i got this wrong and i worked at oxm i just want to make everybody feel better right away by <laughs> saying that up front our question our trivia question comes to us from trevor in saskatoon saskatchewan canada who asks which of the following game demos was not included on the very first official xbox magazine xbox demo disc now as you guys know some of our audience maybe doesn't know if they're younger gamers Long before demos were delivered on Xbox Live, the only place you could get game demos on your or for the original Xbox was with our magazine, OXM. It was a big selling point. It was a big, big part of our, our product. Uh, and it was awesome. Like, I remember we would get the builds. I mean, we would get builds of the disc in from our developer partner and from, from publishers. The one that jumps out is I remember when we got the demo for Splinter Cell Chaos Theory that had it was the first mission, the lighthouse mission. And it was just like so we were playing it before the general public. And it was just like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. I remember we got we got a demo of Ninja Gaiden. And it's like that was we played that demo forever till like it. Oh, we had some. Those were those were good days. Anyway, OXM number one, disc number one, which of these was not included was Shrek not on that disc? Was Turok Evolution not on that disc? Amped or The Thing? Those were none of those are fake games. Those are all real original Xbox games. One of them or three of them were on the LXM number one disc. One of them wasn't. Uh, I will. I'm going to save our guest for last on this one and go to Destin first. Oh man! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. This is such a tough one. I don't know why, but I was going to guess Turok, so I'll stick with my instinct there and say Turok. All right. Sure. We, we'll, we'll mark that down for you. <laughs> Great. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Miranda, I'm going to pull up the pull up the scores here. Go ahead, Miranda. I think the thing. I've never owned a demo disc, so that's maybe telling but i have played trekked and amped and i, I enjoyed right. both of those games as a small child but i don't i don't know about the thing i think that would maybe not be all right you're going with the thing yeah. cognito how about you my friend this is tough right uh i remember all these games <laughs> so it's kind of funny i do remember the thing but do i remember playing it on a 
disc. I don't, I'm like with Miranda there. I don't remember doing it. So I'm, I'm, it, I'm going between Torok and the thing. All right. You know what? I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say the thing. I'll say the thing wasn't there. I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll die on that sword. <laughs> All right. Uh, unfortunately, the Lord is dying on his sword. Oh, you no. should have listened to the other half of your brain. It was Turok. It was Turok. Turok evolution. Oh, good one, good one, oh, no. good one. So Destin tying Miranda with the for the 2020 lead, six points. Brandon still got seven, and the poor guy's been trapped in, on Gamescom programming. Guys, it's uh, a one-point game. It's a one-point game. So I thought it was done months trivia. ago. Pull it up, man. Shout out to Brandon for this commanding uh, so, lead without him being. <laughs> Trevor from yeah. Saskatoon, congratulations! You have uh, that was a great question, and uh, and Destin, yeah, great job on that. You get the tip of the cap. You you flipped a coin. You flipped a four sided coin, and it landed on the the correct answer yeah. there. <laughs> okay, we have got to wrap this thing up. We've just got a few minutes left. Uh, for me, real quick, I'll just start. You can. Uh, there's the Yappa comments. We'd love to have those. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get those back next week when we're on our sort of regular production. Destin's once again kindly pulling double duty as both panelist and producer. But if you go to this episode's article page on IGN, so unlocked, just Google IGN unlocked 458, leave a Yappa comment. You don't have to make a Yappa account. You can sign in with uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Discuss, or I think Google as well. So one of the things you maybe already have, leave us a video voice uh, loot box question. Would love to hear from you there. Also, IGN Prime is back. Use the promo code UNLOCKED to get a free month. You get ad-free browsing on IGN desktop and mobile. You get a store discount, all of our cool t-shirts we've got. You can download uh, game videos and also game guides for offline access, free indie games, and more. And then for me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. And the thing I want to promote this week is another IGN Unfiltered. Had one last week, two of them this month to make up for the fact that there wasn't one in July. And my guest, fittingly this week with Gamescom opening night live coming right up, we'll be all, I'll be watching that. My guest is Jeff Keeley. So my friend Jeff, we talked through his whole career, how he got to where he is. Uh, we talked about the next-gen console race. A lot of great topics there. Look for that on IGN, on YouTube, or on your favorite podcast service. It's pushed out in podcast form as well. Lord Cognito, plug away. Where can we find you? Remind us again, because you've had, uh, it's been a wonderful appearance. I've loved having you. Where can people follow your work? Before I do that, thank you guys. This was absolutely awesome. Had a fantastic time. A lot of thank fun. You. Huge fan of you guys. So definitely a, a dream and fulfilled. But uh, as far as me, at Lord Cognito on Twitter. And of course, every Sunday is the Lord's Day Iron Lord podcast. Usually 1 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> you can catch us at uh, lordsofgaming.net. That's our fan site. And uh, actually, you guys, uh, we got sourced by you guys with a Minecraft article, which was pretty cool. Sweet. So salute to that. And Destin knows if you like Destiny only, if you don't want to, you know, you want to you dive into that. I also do a, a podcast on Fridays called The last word with Ibantis. So uh, again, absolute pleasure. This was a ton of fun. And like I said, you guys are great. So thank you again for having me in the realm of a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. More than happy to have you. This will not be your final appearance. We're going to have you back again. Absolutely. Much appreciate it. Destin. I have said Ibantis's Ab name wrong for five uh, years. Uh, yeah. He never like corrected. That's I've been saying good. like Evanitis or something. <laughs> Evanitis. <laughs> I'm telling you that Friday. <laughs> oh man. 
That sounds well, like a, vi- a disease. I, I, I thought he was being clever. I don't know. Good. Well, I apologize character. to Abontis, right? Yeah. That's what you yes. say. All right. Well, I got yeah. it now. That's embarrassing. Anyway, yeah, uh, Gamescom kicks off this Thursday. Opening night live is the big opener. We're going to have a, a post show. We'll be broadcasting that on IGN as we are one of the official partners there. Uh, really, really excited to see everything coming out of the show there. That's that's what's going on at IGN. That is our, our big focus internally. Personal stuff, as always, you want to watch me after hours, check me out at twist.tv slash Destin for after work stuff. <laughs> Oh, I don't God. do I don't do stationary <laughs> on my streams, but Miranda has a super cool stream hey. too. You should check out. <laughs> Miranda, hey. take us home. Yeah, yeah. You can follow me at Havoc Gross, and that's Havoc with the K. Pretty much everywhere. So, as Dustin mes- mentioned, Gamescom has been keeping me very busy. If you notice, I'm pretty sleepy also because there's fires and my lungs are having a hard time. But uh, that, that's a whole different thing. So I'm actually hosting Gamescom Cosplay Contest. So I'm very excited for that this weekend. So please check that out. I will also be periodically on our Gamescom broadcast doing some live hosting. So please come and join us. Also uh, stick around for our Call of Duty coverage because I will absolutely be involved with that. I am so stoked. So that's going to be a good time because... I, I know Call of Duty. So uh, personal stuff. Yes, as Dustin said, I do have a stationary stream that is Havoc Grows on Twitch. But tonight, uh, I am playing episode two of Alan Wake because I hadn't played that oh, all the way nice. through before. So I'm very excited for that. So if, if it's Tuesday when you're listening, you can come on come on through and say hello. I actually watch your stationary yeah. streams. They're good. <laughs> yeah. Chill. Yeah. Sure. Which we all need. Uh, well, Destin, thank you, Miranda, and especially Lord Cognito. Uh, really, it was great to spend more than the you know, the, the few minutes uh, that we had at E3, and now a whole podcast. But yes, seriously, please come back again. I will reach out. I thought you were great. Clearly, our audience should be tuning into what you're up to, following what you're up to. I'll just so much, I can just tell so much passion, enthusiasm, and I like the positivity from you as well of uh, of. You know the the negativity. That's the low hanging fruit. You find the positive. This is a this is a hobby. Gaming is a hobby that should be celebrated. So I appreciate your perspective and where and just where you're coming from about gaming is fun. It's enthusiastic. Exactly. So. It's the great unifier, right? This is what Absolutely. all brings us together. We should not be separated because this is what we all love to do, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks to everybody out there for listening. This was Unlocked 458, and we'll see you back here next week. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.